Welcome to the Ripple Podcast. The podcast where we tell you stories about strange and unusual things. And the ripples they create. A.K.A. the story after the story. <laughs> what? I'm Rosa. And I'm Angela. And this is the Ripple Podcast. Why are you laughing? Get Ripple, the bright new drink, the best. Ring-a-ding flavor, Ripple. Okay, so... We're back. We're back. And I am going to put you on the spot. Oh, shit. And ask you how your 75 strong is going. First off, it's 75 hard. Hard. And second off, it's not. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I'm, okay. I have been doing it, but I didn't start right when I said I was because of 4th of July. And okay. that kind of threw me off because, like, how can you not drink on 4th of July? It's not even an option. And I, I kind of also decided that drinking's okay on 75 Hard. So I'm twisting well, the rules a little I bit. I was going to say, don't you make the rules? Uh, yeah, but there's, like, a lot of people. I've looked up a lot of YouTubers who have done this challenge, and so many of, our say- so many of them are saying that alcohol is not allowed. Okay, so I did the Whole Life Challenge, which yeah. is kind of is like that. I also did um, a couple cleanses like Arbon and blah, blah, blah. Yuck. And all of them say no alcohol. But if you're doing it by my rules. But that's the there thing. There was all a little, always a little alcohol okay. involved. So I can have a little bit of flexibility with that. But I felt like I was taking, making too many exceptions. Okay. So I've got to start out again and really do it because... The thing that really got me, like I did my workouts, I did my indoor workout, I did my outdoor workout. I have no problem drinking a gallon of water this time of year. Oh, Jesus, every day. Hot. Like it's that's nothing. You were just making fun of me because I'm sweating through my shirt. Yep. And the picture, I just have to remember to take the picture every day. The hardest part for me. Wait, picture every day. Every day. Oh my gosh, I didn't. Re- I guess when you said that before, I thought it was just like a. Like a weekly or something? Yeah, like a start no. and end picture. No, no, no. It's every single day. So Holy moly. I just have to remember to do it because it's not like you have to show it to anyone. It's no. just like your own thing. I put it on my fitness pal. So like when you log your weight, you uh-huh. can add a picture. So I've just been putting it there. Um, but the hardest part has been making time to study every single day. Mm-hmm. Your class you're taking? Yeah. And it's just like I already have so much other computer work that I'm backed up on. It's hard for me to be like, okay, I'm not going to do any of those emails right now. I'm just going to like focus and study this stuff mm-hmm. every single day. And I haven't done it and I should. So I'm going to start again. Right. Is, but that's how, 37. I mean, that's how it's set up though. Like if you fail, you start you over. You start over from the very beginning. So you don't beginning. really fail. Failure is not like a real good word to it, use. It's fine. I, I failed. It's okay. Oh. <laughs> trying to make it I'm feel okay better. with it um but yeah I just I'm just gonna start over again but I think I'm gonna I mean I don't drink that much this is me rationalizing everything I really don't drink that much unless it's fourth of July yeah it's a special like, occasion uh, we have drinks here on our podcast night it's part of the ritual it's uh-huh. required it's, yeah and it's in the then, contract and especially when it's like I don't know I've just been busy I'm making excuses. I'm going to start over. Starting tomorrow. 75 hard. It's going to happen. Okay. Okay. I'll check in with you next week. Okay. Um, do you want to know how my um, learning how to become a psychic is going? <gasps> yeah. Tell me all about it. I Are you to- psychic yet? Well, I've always been psychic. Like, that's a given. Remember my test results? Yeah. 30 percent. Uh huh. It's real good. I, I forgot to do my, my homework. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm already so psychic. Um, but I'll do that. Okay. I will do my psychic um, Are you gonna keep a analysis. Journal? Is that part of the requirement? I have to do a journal? <laughs> I think it was part. I don't know if it was required, but it was like you have to do your meditation and then you're supposed to like reflect on on your your psychic Abilities. exploration. Yeah. Um, Rose fact, I did used to keep a dream journal. Oh, that's and fun. It was um, like set on the side of my bed. And as soon as I woke up in the morning, I would write down my dream. Mm-hmm. And what that does, and it fully, fully works, is it just helps you like or easily remember dreams yes. every day. Okay. It was bizarre how well it worked because I was like be training really myself to remember my time. dream. Right. Do you really want to? 
you know, wake up. No, and I already sit and wake read. up at like freaking four thirty every day. I'm not not gonna write down my dream. You wake but up at four thirty? Nice- yeah. Every day. Uh just about. Yeah. By choice? Yes. Or necessity. Or mm, habit. Both. Definitely not habit. Because it's still really hard. Okay. Four thirty. Yeah. No. Four thirty. You're a better person than I am. Eh, I mean, it's not spectacular. Sleep is important. Oh, speaking of sleep and speaking of dream journals, we should do an episode on lucid dreams. That would be cool. That'd be super cool. Because that's like one of the techniques that you use is mm-hmm. is recording your dreams like that, writing it down and remembering it. That helps you have lucid dreams. You can have that control. Yeah. That'd be fun. And then when I practice my astral projecting, you I'll can meet control you there. me. Okay, we're, we'll go to Target. We won't wear a mask like oh, the good old so days. That'd be so nice. We can drink our Starbucks great. walking around. Uh-huh. Hmm. Oh, the the dream. good old days. <laughs> okay, do you want to tell me about the drink you brought? Yeah. So, okay, you're doing military crimes this week. Right, That's which the topic you was pulled. not a super fun, super silly, super ha-ha topic. No, it didn't sound like it. But uh, I brought a Hangar 24 beer for us. And I picked it because, again, in my typical fashion, it was a last-minute choice. And I didn't come up with a creative cocktail, especially since I'm still not shopping like I used to. But Hangar 24 has, this one is for you, the Betty IPA. It has um, like a military Flying fortress airplane, like those are pinup girl. Yeah, it's got a little pinup girl. So that's my connection to military. Um, I'll take a picture of this and I'll post it on our Instagram because Hangar Twenty Four they they do a lot of good donations for us locally. They do. Um, so I think we should support them. Yeah, they're California beer. They're from Redlands. Redlands, yeah. Cool, thanks. So you get the IPA, and I am having the orange wheat, which I think is kind of what they're known for, but I'm not an IPA fan, and I know you are. Mm, I love IPAs. Here, you take a picture of them. I will start going over my sources. Okay, so sources. Um, Patch.com, where I got a ton of info. The LA Times, the Navy Times, um, and then I listened to a, a podcast, which I'm sure people know about, Crime Junkies. They did a whole episode devoted to this. I just kind of want to preface by saying, like, in telling this story, I'm not, like, accusing anyone of lying or making false claims. Like, these are the stories that I read, and I'm just, like, retelling them as they were reported. So you mean you haven't gone out and confirmed all these facts that you're all telling these us? sources and um, checked and double-checked? You haven't? Are you even a journalist? I am so not. The story begins. We're going to the shore of Lake Michigan and Illinois to Borda Hall. and Wait, it, to what? Borda? B-O-O-R-D-A. Oh, am okay. I saying that wrong? I have no idea. I thought you meant like board a something. Oh, no. Like board an airplane. Oh, I, ho- I'm, I mean, there's a very good chance I'm saying this wrong. I usually pronounce at least 12 things wrong. So... It's a good chance, but it's spelled B-O-O-R-D-A, Hall. Okay. And it's located on the Navy's premier training base. So it's 2009 on, on May 8th, and there's a party happening. It's military, you know, location, a lot of drinking, a lot of partying going on, lots of, you know, 18, 19, 20, early 20s, and they're just partying, having a good time, kind of like college, you okay. know. And at this party, there's a 21-year-old female Marine, Lance Corporal. And according to the partygoers, she had been drinking to the point of slurring her words and swaying. I've never been in that state oh, no. before. Of course not. And um, according to a couple sources, she was drinking rum and Mountain Dew. So that's an interesting combination, I thought. We should have that next week. Rum and Mountain Dew. I mean, don't knock it till you try it, I guess. Right. Uh, she was asking around for this guy named Kyle Antonacci. Antonacci. I listened to the pronunciation of that name like 14 times and even wrote it phonetically, and I still think I'm saying it wrong. 
he was a Navy seaman that she'd been on again, off again with. He walks into his room kind of after the party and he was apparently shocked to find that this female friend was actually in his room and he was making or I'm sorry she was making advances at him okay but Kyle um saw how wasted that she was and he texted his buddy Mike um Pineda to help him with her and the female friend later accused Mike of sexually assaulting her Uh uh-oh Kyle is going to be a witness in the trial and he has to testify against his good friend but nine months later after the testifying Kyle would be found with his nose bloody swollen his eyes bruised to the point of being swollen shut cuts and hack marks on his hands and hanging by a belt in his closet. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, wait, wait, wait. Back up. So, Kay. we have... Mike, Kyle, and Mike. the female. Okay. Well, she's not named. She's, she's not named. Okay. She's... But there's two females, right? There's no. the front... Mike is the friend. Mike is the friend. Got it. Okay. So, for some reason, when he said, like, calling a friend, I always... For whatever reason, I assumed it was like, oh, I'm going to have another... Female, help me come out. help with her. But so it's it's the Lance Corporal is the female. The female. Mm-hmm. She's drunk in the room trying to make advances. He knows it's a bad idea. He calls a friend. Hey, come help me get her out of here. Exactly. Okay. So I mean, Kyle and the female had had you know sexual relations before, just you know, kind of a open relationship type thing. But uh, the other guy, Mike, had they were just strictly platonic. Okay. The girl and Mike. So, any other questions before I keep going? No, got it. You're good? Okay. Mm -hmm. So, during this trial, Kyle did admit to having previous sexual relationships with the female Lance Corporal, but he said under oath that she came into his room that night uninvited and wanting to have sex. And this is a quote from, from the trial, from Kyle. It says, quote, she just let herself in, he told the jurors. She was making some, you know, passes at me, and I was trying to tell her no because she was really drunk, and she kept, you know, I was trying to tell her to leave my room. So, according to the court records, Kyle said that that's when he texted his buddy Mike for help, and Mike told Kyle just like, go into my room, I'll take care of her. And later that night, when Kyle went back to his room, Mike was gone. But the female was still there, except for now she was naked under his covers and crying. Ooh. Which, I mean, yeah, that would be a very scary kind of situation. Yeah. So Kyle stated that he asked the woman two times if Mike had raped her or hurt her in any way. And both times he asked, she said no. However, later that evening... She went on to her supervisors and she told them that she had been sexually assaulted and it was by Mike. So when the police came to take her statement, she told them that she was so drunk that she lay down on the bed and she just totally blacked out. And then the next thing that she remembered was Mike just on top of her. Oh, Mike was charged with, quote, aggravated sexual assault by substantial incapacitation, quote. Meaning she had been too drunk to say yes. Kyle had to testify because he was considered a witness, Mm -hmm. even though he didn't like, quote, witness the rape occurring. Yeah, he just saw the the lead up of what could have potentially happened. He texts his friend. The friend comes over, says, just go on. I'm going to I'm going to take care of it. He closes the door and goes to another room. Right. And then. It's, you know, his room. So he comes back and she's there. So he talks to her. So he's kind of a witness without witnessing. Right. So when Kyle was interviewed about that night, he originally said that he left the woman lying on his bed and heard the door lock as he left. However, he told some of his friends that he didn't really think that she was really passed out at all and had instead regretted sleeping with Mike and lied about the sexual assault because she didn't want Kyle to be mad at her since she willingly had sex with his friend. 
Oh, that's complicated. So very different stories there. Yeah. So the word gets around that the female Marine Lance Corporal hears about what Kyle is saying about her and that his story is not matching up with her story that she gave the police. Okay. Okay, again... I'm not accusing anyone of lying or no. making false claims. You're just getting all the stories out okay. there. Yeah. So in a statement that Kyle submitted to NCIS, Kyle claimed that he was being threatened to testify against Mike, align his story with the female Marine, and omit details about the chain of events. Wait, what? threatened in what way? Um, Threatened... Well, I'm going to give into the threats. There's quite a few different kinds of threats. So um, he's saying that he's getting these threats and the girl's super mad. And she actually storms into his room at 4.30 one morning. And she just warned him like, hey, you need to stick with your original story this is what needs to happen. How dare you, you know, start changing things on me. How soon after he talked did she say that? Well, when he was interviewed, like the first time, there's a, there's a, a couple months in between that, hap- that all this is happening. I That's super confusing. Well, it gets more confusing. Because isn't the only thing that he knows and the only thing that he's saying is that, yes, Mike went in the room, right? Right. So, like, what? Well, he's saying that she it wasn't really passed out drunk, that she was awake. Oh, yeah. And and that that she didn't tell him that anything had happened. Right. Correct? Yeah, because he asked her multiple times, like, did he hurt you? Did he rape you? And she said no. Because he seems like uh, with all of this, you know, whatever happened, like he almost seems like the innocent bystander type of... shouldn't be. Yeah. Right. Right. Hmm. So shortly after she comes into his room in the morning, um, Kyle told police that one of the Marine friends of hers actually came into his room and threatened him with the same message but he threatened Kyle with a knife and he wanted to make sure that that message was clear and in a written statement statement to NCIS Kyle states quote he then said that he will be at the courtroom and if he doesn't hear what he likes it's going to be bad for me he also said that he will be making return trips so I better watch out So then a few days later, Kyle comes back to his room and he finds like a huge X carved onto his bedroom door. Oh, that's a little dramatic. And threats keep happening to Kyle. And when he just was super stressed out and couldn't take it anymore, he makes a report to the NCIS, which is, I don't know if I said this, but it's the Naval Criminal Investigation Service. And requested protection of some kind. Yeah. He's like, I'm I'm getting freaked him. out. I'm getting stressed. Like, people could physically, you know, see the stress on him. And all they did, though, was move him to a different room. So they didn't give him protection. They didn't move him to a different location, like, you know, a different state or relo- relocated him. They just switched bedrooms on him. Hmm. So the threats keep occurring and the trial date keeps getting closer and Kyle is getting more and more scared and even calls his family to tell them the troubles that he's having. And this is a quote from his sister, Carissa Phillip. She says he was scared. He literally didn't know what to do. And she said that she would get frequent calls from her brother leading up to that trial. Oh, shit. So the day finally comes when Kyle has to testify for the prosecution against his friend Mike. Mike was originally from Barstow, California, and he was training to become a Navy SEAL. He went to trial in 2009, and he pleaded not guilty. While being interviewed on the stand, the female, she gave this like heart-wrenching quote that said, quote, The mental anguish, the not being able to sleep, not being able to walk outside of my room without looking over my shoulder, not knowing what could happen next, not knowing if he's waiting, just not knowing. So she's giving 
you know, she's scared too. Something horrible right. had happened to her and she's just distraught over it. It would be interesting to know if they, the military did anything to provide her with any sort of protection after this event. Oh, her to give her protection, like, yeah. like an escort to and from. Or I don't know. I don't know what they would do in that sort of circumstance, mm-hmm. but it would be interesting to know. Yeah. Like what. In what, I mean, I, I read quite a few articles. I did not see anything about that, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. That would be something to look into. The jury sided with Marine, the Marine and convicted Mike of aggravated sexual assault. He was sentenced to three months in prison and a bad conduct discharge. So I'm assuming, and you probably know this more than I do, like a bad conduct discharge is obviously not like an honorable discharge. I, I'm not sure. I okay. would assume that, yeah, that would probably be a dishonorable. Yeah. But it's, it, since they're calling it a bad conduct, I wonder if that's like a different level of... I, I have no idea. I'm just yeah. guessing. I'm it's, not sure. I mean, it's not good because, I mean, he'd obviously, you know, been training for a long time. He wanted to be a Navy SEAL. And it took away all of his benefits, any seniority that he had, everything that he had worked for since he started this Marine life. So he was upset Um, And he was pissed at his friend Kyle for having testified against him. But he said he soon got over it and he knew that Kyle didn't want to tell the story that he had to tell. But he was too scared not to tell. So Kyle actually ran up to Mike as they were leading him away to the police van and he was just devastated. And this is a quote from Mike. He said, I just looked at him and I said, it's not your fault, man. And he fell to his knees and started crying. Oh, so Kyle believed Mike. Right. This whole time. But he felt pressured to testify against him. Huh. So two months after the court martial, Kyle admitted to a friend that he had had sex with that woman before Mike even arrived. The friend that he told this to reported it. And then the NCIS told Kyle that he now faced possible sexual assault charges as well. Oh, my God. This is complicated. It is. I feel like I need like a graph. Yeah. So did he? Okay. And I'm sure you'll get to this. But did did they say when? Was it earlier in the day? It was earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. But like when she wasn't completely trashed? Right. Before the party even began. So it wasn't like right before Mike got there? No. Oh, wow. Okay. So she had had sex with? Kyle. Right. And then later in the evening after the party with she Mike. She was assaulted by Mike. Correct. Oh, wow. Okay. So around two months after the trial and the sentencing, military officials start questioning the story that Kyle gave on the stand. So they're kind of like, wait, things aren't adding up. We're getting more details that we didn't know about. So they probably asked him on the stand if he had sex with her that day. I they would think. didn't. Oh, really? They didn't that because, seems like such an obvious question. Well, I mean, what, it, would it be though? If I he, would think so. Yeah. Did you have sex with this lady? I mean, neither of them gave that information they to didn't. anyone. Oh, that's so weird. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, to to their lawyers or during the trial, Kyle and the female, neither, neither of, of them, them ever mentioned, mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So and then remember when. Kyle said that he like turned her away like I'm not gonna hook up with you you're way too drunk and I'm Mike's gonna come in here and, and take care of this for me that was only partially true because yes he didn't have sex with her after when she was super drunk but he did have her perform oral sex on him and Mike was in the room when it happened what so okay super weird and that was from one source and okay I I, because I was still trying to understand like all the bits and pieces to this story before when I for whatever reason assumed when he was texting somebody I thought he was texting a female like Mm -hmm. one of their mutual female friends Mm -hmm. now looking back why the hell did he text Mike in the first place I guess they were really weird super close I don't know it seems strange to like, why wouldn't you text one of her friends? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, another what, good question. what can Mike do that he couldn't do? 
to get I her guess out of there. Maybe he thought that she wasn't gonna make advances at oh, Mike. Okay. Yeah. Because she was like asking people at the party for Kyle. She wanted to find Kyle. She goes to Kyle's room. She hits okay. on Kyle. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I just gotta get out of here and Mike's gonna take care of this check for hmm. me. Okay. So when asked why he never mentioned anything before about the the sex earlier in the day or the oral sex, he said that she had threatened that she would press rape charges on him as well oh, if he no. said anything. So that was like a threat to him. So now Kyle's totally scared of the possibility of facing sexual assault charges as well from the NCIS. And the NCIS tells Kyle that he can actually be an informant for them and secretly record calls to the female. Oh, I don't like this. So in recording these secret calls, there's a possibility that Kyle can, first of all, clear himself. Okay. And not get charged with perjury. And then they also promised to transfer him to Florida and possibly they, you know, might catch this woman in a lie and his buddy might get out as well. Yeah. He wants her to do and say on the phone is that they had consensual Consensual sex. sex. So he recorded the first phone call in late January and the second one on February 1st. These phone calls don't do much for Kyle. She sticks to her story and says that Mike did assault her. She didn't remember having sex with Kyle earlier in the day and even says she didn't know that any of her friends were harassing or threatening him. So it's not, you know, the phone calls aren't doing what Kyle's hoping they're going to do. So after the February 1st phone call, the second one, Kyle goes to a buddy's room named Travis Canner. And he told Travis that he had done the phone calls, but it hadn't gone the way he had hoped. Oh, so he's telling people that he's an informant? I guess. I mean, oh, at least seems this, risky. <laughs> yeah. A quote from Travis said that Kyle had said, they're going to come after me now. My life is over. About half an hour later, Travis. they? That's the question. That you ask who's they? <laughs> who's who's they? So half an hour later, Travis decided to check on his friend in his room because he knew he was upset. And when he walked in, the television was on super loud. And counter ca- Travis found his friend hanging from a belt in his closet, resting on his Wait, knees. What? I oh, I'm so confused. Yeah. Okay. Somebody says that to you. They're going to come after me now. You've got to ask the follow-up questions. And then you don't just say like, okay, buddy, I'm going to go get a pizza. See you later. I'll check on you in half an hour. What? I'm. Uh, there's something missing there. I'm not sure I trust this Travis guy. So Navy investigators said Kyle had searched on his computer for, quote, easiest way to commit suicide and, quote, military, I hate my life. Oh, come on. <laughs> no way. That's... Uh, People that had worked with Kyle said that he had talked about killing himself, but he was never put on suicide watch and he was not given a mental health evaluation. And there was also a case agent that told Kyle's superior officer that he was having suicidal ideations, but the officer doesn't remember the conversation. So there's this, you know, person, this that's supposed to be kind of looking out for Kyle, telling one of Kyle's superiors, like, you might want to look into this guy. He He's way down right now. He's way stressed. He's definitely having suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that officer didn't do anything. He he says, oh, I don't even remember being told that. It was So it wasn't documented anywhere that he was told that. Correct. Huh. So, as I said at the kind of more at the beginning, when Kyle's body was found, like it was super bruised, his nose was like he had the shit beat out of him. Totally. Yeah. So, why did that happen? And when the mother, the mom went into the room to kind of see like where it had all taken place, the closet was totally undisturbed, but like the room had looked like it had been totally disheveled. Like there were picture frames broken, like there, maybe been a fight right and somebody went on the computer and did a couple 
random Google random searches. Google's, well, not so random Google searches. Right. <clears throat> so Kyle's family is obviously very suspicious of the way that the Navy handled their son's death. This is when it starts to get super weird. When they first get the knock on the door from the Navy representatives informing them of their son's death, they were told that he had died in a car crash. Wait, what? But wait. Later, they were told that he had passed from a massive aneurysm. How, how does this happen? So they're trying to cover it up. That's what some people suspect. Why else would you? I mean, you, that's just not like a, a easy mistake to make. Um, a car crash, an aneurysm, and a hanging? Those are very different ways to die. Yeah, a bit. Just a little bit. So when the family first saw Kyle at the funeral home or in the casket, they were like shocked because they were never told that he would look like he had been beaten. His mom actually said that he looked like he had been tortured. So obviously they're seeing red flags all over the place and they hire this forensic pathologist named Dr. Michael Baden, Baden, and I don't have HBO, but apparently he's on a show called Autopsy on HBO. Okay. And they ask him, hire him to examine Kyle's body after they had it exhumed. So Dr. Baden found some very strange things. So normally when a body is embalmed, the internal organs, they're all like kind of collected. Right. And then placed in a bag. Uh-huh. And then the bag is then placed back into the body. Yes. So in Kyle's case, that didn't happen. His organs were all still inside of his body, but there was no bag. So all of the organs were covered in like that embalming fluid, fluid. that's like super like kind of gooey and yucky. I, I'm not familiar with it, but okay. <laughs> and it made the organs just decompose and unable to be reexamined. Oh, no. So they were totally useless when they're being reexamined. There was also a missing bone. What? The hyoid, hyoid <gasps> bone. Do you oh, know where that is? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. So it's like a super small bone. It's kind of like in the front of the neck. And it can tell a medical examiner if a person was strangled, like if it's broken. Yes. Versus suicide. And the first medical examiner said that it was intact when he examined it and that the bone was, you know, obviously still there. So that bone also went missing. And then Kyle's family isn't the... How do you just lose bones? Uh, well, <laughs> they lost a couple other things, too. Oh, jeez. Kyle's family isn't the only one that thinks there was foul play involved. So the former Lake County coroner says that he was denied access to key evidence and he was pressured to call Kyle's death a suicide. And a quote from him says, I stated to NCIS agents that I was not 100% convinced this was a self-inflicted hanging. He now believes Kyle was murdered. Wait, but you can't. No, you can't do that. Well, they apparently can. But you can't. Okay, this medical examiner, isn't that his duty? Don't they take some sort of oath? Don't they have to be honest about this stuff? He can't just be like, oh, I was pressured into saying that. Yeah, I don't know. He was. He says oh. he was, apparently. And then Mike, Kyle's friend. Okay. And an appeal court actually reversed his conviction and said that there was evidence that the woman hadn't told the truth. The Navy decided not to retry the case, and Mike now has an honorable discharge along with his back pay. Well. Which is good. I but. Maybe. Mike is using that back pay money to help hire James Culp, who's a civilian military lawyer who had handled some of the highest profile war crime cases out of Iraq. James Culp discovered that nearly half of the photos taken at Kyle's autopsy, including almost all of those with his back and his hyoid bone, had disappeared from the coroner's computer. How convenient. There was, quote, a computer glitch. The photos that they did have showed small dark marks on part of his lower back and ribs, 
that James Culp was convinced resembled stun gun burns. Oh, fuck. So James Culp and Mike, they fly out to Texas to like a vet's office and they have a bunch of um, like police with them and they have a dead pig and they have all these stun guns to kind of see the marks that the stun guns leave on the pig and they're comparing them to Kyle's marks <sighs> to try to match it up. Is that, That's not something that's already known. There aren't pictures of people being stun gun burned like I don't know. Uh, maybe they wanted to see it for themselves. I have no idea. I don't huh. know. But Mike... Seems a little excessive. Well, they're going to extremes. Okay. Culp also spoke with Kyle's next-door neighbor, who Navy investigators said in their investigative summary, had heard nothing the night he died. But Culp found out otherwise. She said that she had heard three very loud thumps coming from his room, and she also said that she had told NCIS this information. So they weren't honest with the, the thumping report. I'm so confused. Why? Am I not being clear? No, you totally are. I just oh. don't see the motive. Oh. And then there's Richard Keller. He was the late county coroner, and he originally ruled the death undetermined and as a hanging, but not a suicide or a homicide. Okay. And they were able to convince him to re-examine his information along with the new information that they had collected. Right. Like the burns, the pig okay. experiment and stuff. Um, in a new statement, Richard Keller said he now believes, quote, with a reasonable degree of certainty that the death was a homicide. He also stated that there was key evidence that he was not given access to and that he also was pressured to call Kyle's death a suicide. But why? But check this out. His opinion, it can't be used anymore because he was forced to resign and has been suspended from practicing medicine for at least five years after pleading guilty to felony charges related to an overdose death at a clinic he ran. Oh, bummer. So the Inspector General of the Department of Defense... They spend four years investigating the NCIS and how they handled Kyle's death. Their treatment, or lack thereof, of Kyle after Mike's sentencing, like his stress and, you know, suicidal thoughts. Uh-huh. As well as how they handled the female Marine's rape case. Kyle's parents themselves have spent thousands of dollars and thousands of hours, um, but they still don't have an answer to what really happened to Kyle. They did, however, hear more startling news from the report that was done by the IG. That's the investigative... No, sorry. The Inspector General. Okay. And this is a quote from that report. Although the Naval Criminal Investigative Service did not properly conduct its investigation into his death, according to a report from the Defense Department Inspector General's office released October 28th, there was no evidence that those mistakes led investigators to a wrong conclusion about how he died or that there was a conspiracy to rule his death a suicide. They did say that there was um, poor handling of the rape case and the perjury investigation. Uh, they also said that on the day that Kyle died, that, you know, like he had made that phone call and then he went and into his room right so according to ncis procedure he should have been released to his command and then like kind of interviewed and checked out but instead they just let him go back to his room alone so that was one major mistake that okay. they made the ig also found that the initial rape investigation hadn't met at ncis standards starting with the case reviews because there was also another third-party DNA found in her okay, that was not that Kyle's was, or Mike's. That was one thing that I was going to ask because so the night of the incident, she did go and report it mm -hmm. and they did, I assume, a rape kit, which is what I was going to ask. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I was going to ask if they actually did DNA. They did and they, they found three different... So it's bizarre that if they found 
Kyle's DNA as well as Mike's that that was never brought up during the trial. Never. And the third, the other third person was never brought up. That's so weird. Okay. So another thing is that it's procedure to review cases every 30 days, but at the time of the November 2009 court martial, the case had only been reviewed three times rather than the five that it was required. So they're not reviewing the case as frequently as they should. They also found that interviews weren't thorough. NCIS only interviewed two witnesses who knew what the victim had been doing the night of the reported rape, even though she provided the names of several other potential witnesses. And the alleged assault took place in Kyle's room. He was the first person to talk to her after, but NCIS waited 20 days to interview him, the report said, and the questions were also inadequate. So they're thinking that, like, better questioning and sooner than 20 days may have given better outcome for the whole scenario. Yeah, that's all true and great, and it should be reviewed and should be corrected, but... How the hell did somebody kill him? Because he obviously didn't kill himself. Well, so they talked to Kyle 20 days. They interviewed him. And then remember how I said they only interviewed two people out of the multiple names that she had given? Yeah. The other witness that they spoke with, they interviewed that person 70 days after the initial report. Oh, wow. I assumed that the other person was Mike. No. So there's an, an additional witness Right. So obviously something happened. There's still no answer to this bizarre suicide slash murder. And I don't think we'll ever have a real answer. But people, Mike's, I'm sorry, Mike and his, Kyle's family are totally, you know, still looking for answers. And this is a quote from Mike. It says, you think that I am going to just throw my hands up in the air after I know everything that you guys did to me and my friends? Hey, the Navy just gave me back my back pay and every cent is going to be spent chasing you and your murdering friends down like dogs. Who is he thinking that the Navy did it? He's saying that it was an inside mm -hmm, job. mm -hmm. That's so bizarre. Because what's the motive? I guess because there was so much going on at the time and now for that case, that matter, um, about sexual assaults being covered up and hidden in the military. So then you go and murder somebody and you have to cover that they're up? They're afraid they're going to talk? I don't, yeah, there isn't a good reason. That doesn't, oh, that's so crazy because now we know about all of this. Like now we know about all of the screw ups along the way that mm. led to this. It's even more of a de- big right. deal. Right. So it doesn't make sense that it would be an inside job. It seems because he did. Didn't he say that he thought her friends were after him? Right. They had made threats with one with a knife and there's a big X on the door. Yeah. I mean, when I first heard this case, I totally thought it was her friends like sticking up for her, protecting her. That's what I thought. But according to Mike and multiple other, you know, the coroner, the medical examiner, they think that it's the military. And so bizarre. So after Mike sent that email saying like, hey, I've got my back pay. I'm going to use it all going after you guys. Criminal investigations were looking into whether he had made threats against the military. So they're almost like going after Mike all over again for something else. I'm so confused. So, so confused. Do you hate not knowing the answer? Yes, absolutely. I know. Crazy, right? Yeah. Is it a bu- it's a bizarre case. It it's really very is. unsatisfying. I, I need to know if he for sure had been beaten up before they found him hanging. Because that would, that would make... Well, according, I mean, he did have a bloody nose, and that is not a typical sign of... From hanging? No. Okay. I I mean, I don't know. Well, and I I mean, I only, I read that in some stuff, so I didn't put that in my story, but that is... Okay. 
I need answers. I know. There's so many things that I need to know. And whether it was a homicide or a suicide, people knew that he was struggling. He was stressed out. He was upset. He needed some counseling of some sort. Yeah. And that's where my ripple begins. So war was the leading cause of death in the military nearly every year between 2004 and 2011. Okay. Until suicide became the top means of dying in 2012 and 2013. So three days ago, the U.S. government launched a campaign to reduce high suicide rates, especially among vets. They're urging the public to reach out to others, especially with the COVID pandemic and acknowledge the daily stresses. It's a campaign known as REACH, R-E-A-C-H, and it's the core part of a $53 million two-year effort to, you know, reduce those high suicide rates. And it's not just for veterans. It's, you know, just in general. Okay. Um, Starting last Wednesday, there was a bunch of digital ads that went out with messages that said, quote, suicide is preventable. And it's a collective action um, by the government, businesses, schools, nonprofit organizations, and faith, faith-based faith groups. They're hoping that they can overcome the stigma of discussing mental health and empower people to openly talk about these issues. Oh, that's awesome. And this was a quote from Karen Pence that says, All of us have been facing anxieties and isolation. It's okay to not be okay. The best thing is to talk about it more, not less. And they're encouraging people to go to wearewithinreach.net and sign a pledge. And they're hoping, this is like kind of their, their motto or their, their goal, is to reach and become part of the solution. And on that website... There's a bunch of information and ways to get help if you're feeling kind of lost or down. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm encouraging everyone listening to go to that website. We are within reach. And check it out. Sign the pledge. And talk about the stresses that we're facing every day. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a taboo subject. Kind of like what we were talking about last week, you know, with our anxiety and you know all yeah. of that it's something that needs to be an open discussion absolutely that's awesome that's that's really cool I, I thought that your uh update with the medical examiners was your ripple and then you went into this oh. so that's like a whole um extra a ripple bonus. after a ripple a after ripple a ripple a ripple that's really cool. I'm actually on the website right now, so that's um, it's interesting. I'll have to take a closer look at it. Cool. All right, here. Do you want to do your last thought in a shot? I, I kind of hate that name. Okay. You want to change it? It's too hard it? to say, especially after drinking for an hour <laughs> or two. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll have to come up with something different. Okay. Because, okay, what do you think? I kind of like it, but I also don't have a shot in front of you or to give you. Last thought and a shot. Because, wait, are my supposed to do the shot after my story? I don't know. We got to make it. We got to figure out the rules. We got to go back and listen to what we discussed (laughs) earlier because I honestly don't remember how we were supposed to do it. Anyway, this is my fun story to uh, end it on. And I'm locked out of the phone now. Oh, you need my face. Okay, there you go. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's just something lighthearted at the end. So, of course, I had to look up military dogs because there's Yay! always going to be a great dog story. So I'm going to tell you a little story about Sergeant Stubby. He looks like a little Boston Terrier. He's really cute. So Sergeant Stubby is a mixed breed dog with a stubby tail, possibly a Boston Terrier. Uh, he started out as a stray who hung around a group of soldiers while they were in training in New Haven, Connecticut. He event- That's CT, right? Connecticut. <laughs> CT Connecticut. Yes. Yeah. He eventually became the most famous canine hero of World War One. Oh, wow. He served in 17 battles in France alongside his best friend, Private J. Robert Conroy, and the 102nd Infantry 26th Yankee Division. 
That's a lot of numbers and words. The fearless pup performed a number of vital roles, including alerting troops to incoming gas attacks, catching German spies, locating missing soldiers in between the trenches, and boosting morale. Oh, cute. That's Dude, he caught German spies? Apparently. That's amazing. Badass dog. Uh, that's funny. So he was just like hanging out, and then they decided to take him to France. I wonder how that went down. Huh. That's pretty cool. There's an organization called um, Pets for Vets. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, no. Pets for Vets. And it's when military people get shipped off to an, a location and are not able to take their dog with them. They foster or they find fosters for them until they come back. So these people, these volunteers. Oh, these, they are they are fostering the dogs that belong to the military, military personnel. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of a similar organization, not called Pets for Vets, but it was a different one. Because I, th- the way you were describing it, I, th- I was thinking that it was like, oh, here, hang out with this dog while you can't hang out with your dog at home. Oh no, 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 um, no. Yeah, it's, how- it's like if I, if I were. You're going to Texas for training and somebody needs to watch your dogs while you're gone. That's exactly super, yeah. So they don't have to give their dog up. They get their dog back when they come home. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. I'll have to make sure that's the name of the organization. And if not, I'll I'll make a correction. But yeah. Yay. Okay. um, Do you want to pick your theme for next week? Yeah. Okay. Let me give you the basket. Here you go. All right. Here we go. Uh, we are going with stories of extraordinary survival. Huh. You don't seem very excited about that. No, I'm just, I don't. <laughs> the, the first ones, I always think of like, okay, what's the first one that comes to mind? Um, all mine are like death. It's like like the grizzly bear man or oh, grizzly man? stories of a lie. No, or- no. <laughs> That's like stories of um, extreme death. Catastrophic in the wilderness deaths yeah so i'll have to find something where people actually survived yeah cool that'll be fun yeah i don't know any of those stories nope i know all the death ones mm-hmm. okay so make sure you guys check out our instagram for our contest that we will post about we promise eventually it'll you know, turn on your alerts or something <laughs> you might and in the meantime look at our other funny ones and um next week angela's gonna tell us a cool story And until then, don't forget to be a fountain. And not a drain. Bye. Bye.